you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Hey, you guys, can you believe we're already a quarter of the way through 2019? I cannot believe it. I am doing a free three-day training called How to Stop Fighting with Your Strong-Willed Kiddo. It's actually going to be a challenge. In three days, you are going to learn so much. I'm going to give you tools and tips and content, and I'm going to really get into the main practical points of Mastermind Parenting so we can get you some quick wins so that you guys can have the best summer ever. We're almost at summertime. You know those days are never ending when you have a strong-willed kid and they're constantly saying no and fighting with you about every little thing. So we need to get on the road for the most successful summer ever. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash challenge. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash challenge to join me in this free three-day challenge. Hope to see you guys there. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 60. My name is Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. So hi guys, welcome to today's episode. So today I want to talk about something I called pack leadership. And it's one of, when I teach the mastermind parenting pillars, one of the things that I teach, I call pack leadership. It's really assertive communication, but I like to tie it into we are pack animals as humans. And when it comes to parenting, we get really primal because there are little pack. There are, there are little cave people and we're a pack and we just want to protect them. And that's why we see dangerous tigers and bears in the jungle constantly. I don't know that I don't think bears live in the jungle, but y'all get the gist. We see all kinds of threatening things, even though it maybe is just like a four-year-old who doesn't want to play with your kid in the sandbox or uh, a nine-year-old who could only invite three people to their birthday party and your kid wasn't one of those people. Like we see all these things as threatening experiences. And the reason is, is because it's primal for us. Like we want to protect our cave people. And when I talk about pack leadership and I talk about what's really coming up for us and this position we find ourselves in. Some of you have also heard me say that it's tricky for women because as women, we were done a disservice as little girls. We were not taught effective communication. We were not taught effective pack leadership skills. We were actually taught and what was modeled for us most of the time was passive communication from 
the females in our life. And very few of us have ever really had assertive communication modeled for us and in our personal lives. Uh, maybe there's a mentor or somebody famous that you know that just always seems strong and together and you love the way they present themselves. But in your private life, in your personal life, for most women, it's a passive thing and it's a sing-songy thing and there's a sweet tone and especially in the South, we've got a way of saying things and there's all kinds of cute sayings and we say, okay, and we may phrase it like a question. But the deal is, is that little kids really all kids, they're literal. And they want us just to say what we mean and mean what we say. So when we phrase things in this confusing way and it sounds like a question and it sounds like they've got to say, they get all perplexed. And then a lot of, you know, it's just a lot of miscommunication that happens. So a big thing that I like to teach my moms that I work with is pack leadership and effective communication. And it's not just the way we say things. Like, we really have, this is why I call it mastermind parenting. Like, I could teach all of these amazing tools and tricks. And if anybody's, like, ever read a parenting book uh, by some famous clinician, they, they tell you the theory and why you should be doing it this way. And, and they even tell you sometimes how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. And it all sounds awesome. And I agree with all of it. Problem is... If you haven't figured out what's coming up in your own brain every time you're triggered, well, you're never going to remember those things because all of your old stuff's coming online. Like our subconscious programming runs the show 95% of our lives until we learn how to retrain our brain. So we have to kind of put these puzzle pieces together for ourselves. And what I find is, is that most women... We have a lot that comes up for us that causes us not to step into pack leadership. Like how many of us saw that Oprah show years ago where she, she interviewed people and it was basically like people, women who had been violently assaulted. And she talked about what happened. What did your body tell you? Or was there some kind of something, a sensation or an acknowledgement of something felt off or not right bef right before the attack that you didn't listen to. And all of them were saying basically like whether it was in an elevator or wherever it was, they, their body told them something's not safe here, right? Like that primal, that primal piece of us that reads predatorial energy, something is off. And unfortunately, the programming in our brain hijacks a lot of our instinct for a lot of us because we have learned and been programmed that we shouldn't listen to what our body's telling us and we shouldn't speak up for ourselves and we should try and please others and we shouldn't make anyone uncomfortable and other people's needs come before us. And so as long as that programming is running the show, it's going to be real hard for you to step into assertive leadership. So if your kids are constantly acting like dictators and, and you're feeling like, God, they don't even listen to me, they don't respect me, like there's more to this story, you guys. And I want you to know it's a, it's a journey to kind of figure it out 
And then to be like, yeah, enough. I'm not doing that anymore. And then to have the courage in the moments when you, when you can stand up for yourself, where you can practice the assertiveness skills to actually do it. So I want to share a story. Okay. So I teach this stuff and I wasn't typically the passive female. I was more, I would go to the aggressive place. Um, like not like not even in a in a yelling way at like I bullied my husband for years. I, I shouldn't laugh about it. See, this is me like ridiculousness. Um, but like my defense mechanism was I'm not going to be passive. I'm going to be aggressive with everyone other than my children. So that was the interesting thing is that when I had kids, I, I was dead set on never being that raging lunatic to my kids or being really tough to my kids. Cause on the inside, I really wasn't tough. It was just all an act. So it actually wasn't hard for me not to be aggressive with my kids because on the inside I was, I was, I was a mush pot inside. I was just, I was just acting for many years. So for many years I acted and I was, I would act defensive, especially to men. So that's what I kind of did to my husband early on. Like when I was, you know, I'd be like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. You know, I would just go to that defensive place, belittling place, and um, and I would just barrel through and reduce whoever I needed to reduce because I was not going to be taken advantage of. And, um, and so it was almost like a chip on my shoulder, right? So my work has actually been to kind of soften myself and come into who I really am on the inside, which is not that person. And, um, and the more I do, the happier I am. And so then there was the balance of, yeah, I don't, I want to be me. And I know I'm actually, I'm a kind person. I'm a loving person. Um, I'm a sensitive person. I'm not super tough. However, I also am not a pushover. And so, so there's been this balance of when there's times that, you know, I'm sharing that softer side of me and then someone is doing something that I'm really not okay with. I really don't want to start a confrontation because I used to be so kind of confrontation heavy in my life that I don't, I am like, why have unnecessary confrontations? It's like wasted energy. I'm not doing that. However, I also want to speak up for when something feels like I'm a rebel tendency. So I want to speak up for when something feels unjust. And, uh, and I know that I have the ability to think clearly and assert myself and say, yeah, not okay. So last night I was on a, I was on a business trip this week and, and I was travel I was by myself and I was traveling home, uh, internationally. So it was a long flight and I, and it's kind of an old plane and it's one of those planes where it's like two and two. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even in first class. It was just the whole, the main cabin was two seats together and two seats together. So I get on the flight and I know it's going to be a long flight and, um, I mean, not crazy long, like five or five hours or so. And, I also ha had only gone for the weekend, so I knew I was getting home late, so I didn't want to check my bag. So I literally had a carry-on bag that was stuffed to the gills, <laughs> like ridiculous stuff. And of course, in security, they like opened it, and then I had to repack it. It was, it was stressful. Anyway, I digress. So it was stuffed to the gills. It was a giant carry-on thing. I get on this full plane, 
there's no overhead compartments to put my bag. I like go and I, I, I get my bag, like I have to go farther back than my row to get my bag up. Um, and so I get that up and I go back to my seat and I'm a little frazzled, like, you know, I've gone through and the flight was also an hour and a half late and I knew I was already getting home late and I'd been away from my family for four days and my kids had had school that day and I knew I was getting right back to work, blah, 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 blah. So there's all these things that I had, you know, my, my brain was a little stressed and I go and I sit down and there's this giant man sitting in the seat next to me and he's like giant man, like I want to say he's like maybe six, four and, um, and just a big human, just a large human. And so he's sitting in the window seat and, and he doesn't look at me, which I'm fine with. Like, I don't need to make friends with people on planes. I, I have plenty to do and it's great. Like if you're fantastic and you sit next to me and we need to become best friends and it's meant to be, I'm open to that, but more often than not, I'm going to sit down and just do my own business. Hi, how are you? And then do my thing or take a nap or both. So he doesn't even acknowledge me. I don't acknowledge him. It's totally cool. It's fine. So I'm sitting there and oh, let me bring my camera and see if you can see. So, so, he, so there's an armrest between us and his elbow is on the armrest. So he just go ahead. He just goes ahead and takes the armrest. But then he doesn't just take the armrest, which arm am I doing? He doesn't just take the armrest. He goes over the armrest. And now he's in my seat, like, like this much in my seat, like with his arm like this. So I'm sitting there and I'm like sitting, I'm listening to something, I'm whatever. And it's like 20 minutes into the flight. And, the whole, and for 20 minutes off and on, I'm sitting there annoyed. And I'm like... This is so annoying. And like, I know he's not even thinking about it. He's just a giant person and he's a man. Like, frankly, just to be perfectly honest, he's not thinking about it. He's giant. He's probably feeling entitled to that space because he has this giant body and it just is what it is. So everyone else deal with it. But the truth of the matter is I wanted my space so why should I, and it, in, this isn't the man I am married to or I came with that I'm willing to share my space with. This is a stranger. So I'm sitting there for 20 minutes and it's hijacking my brain and I'm annoyed with him and I'm annoyed with him and I'm annoyed with him. And I'm feeling his energy a little bit and I'm making it mean all kinds of things, whether it did or not. I'm making it mean that like he's entitled and all kinds of things. Um, but finally, I just sit there and I decide you know what? You teach this stuff. So if you're going to sit here and let this space invader hijack you for the next, hijack your brain for the next five hours, shame on you, right? Like, like this, this is the work right here, right now. Speak up for yourself and, and be assertive. So I look at him and I kind of smile and I said, you're kind of invading my space a little bit here. Like that. Like, how do you say it? I didn't want to be too serious, but I wanted to let him know. Kind of invading my space a little bit here. And he goes, well, I mean, uh, sorry. And he got real caustic. Uh, and that's when, okay, him acting like this. Like, there was nothing he could do. He was just a big, giant human. And that's when I could have 
just been like, it's fine, or just not said anything again, right? And how many times do we do things like this? But then for the next five hours, we're annoyed. We're annoyed and it's hijacking our brain. So instead, in that moment when he got all caustic, I looked at him and I said, I'm totally cool with you having the armrest, which you've already taken, but this space right here within my seat is mine. And I'd like to have this space to myself. So feel free to use the armrest, but this space here is my space. Now, just sit with that for a minute. How many of you are like, wow, Randy's kind of a B, right? Like, kind of jerky. My energy was kind of, you know, I wasn't like, you're, free. you know, I didn't start attacking him. I just stood up for my rights, which is I paid for this seat here. The armrest is negotiable. And guess what? I'm willing to give you the armrest. This space here is my space. So all I did was clearly and assertively let him know that. At first, I tried to kind of have a fun exchange with it. He wasn't going there. So I had to get firmer and let him know. And it was good practice. Because you know what? Sometimes, guys with our kids, with our husbands, with our loved ones, with whoever. Sometimes we do have to get firm. Doesn't mean we have to become a yelling lunatic jerk. I didn't sit there and insult him and tell him he was entitled and go after the jugular. I just stood up for me and my space. So sometimes we have to be willing to, to get to that place. And there's going to be lots of old skeletons coming up telling you why you shouldn't. It's not nice. Don't be a, you know, of course, this episode especially, I'm like every single curse word possible is about to fly out of my mouth, but I don't want to get an explicit rating. So I'm trying to control myself, which is very hard for me to do. Um, so this is it. I mean, it was like the mind mastery piece. And then and then it was funny because I just really didn't look at him again. And towards the end of the flight, he wasn't even using the armrest. He was like reading his thing like this. And so he was so uncomfortable. And there were parts that came in, you know, I, I ended up sleeping a lot. I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I just kind of chose to release it and let it go. And whatever was going on with him was his business. And I was cool with him. Like, you know, those parts of me were going through my brain of he thinks I'm so this, he thinks I was such a jerk. I made a big deal out of nothing, like all those things. The truth is though, I would have sat there for five hours just feeling annoyed that I didn't have the courage to stand, to stand up for myself. But really I would have turned it into, he's such a jerk. He's so entitled. He's so this, he's so that, blah, 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 blah. And I would have thought of what I was thinking about him, but I really, it really would have been a mask for me being mad at myself for not speaking up clearly and assertively for myself. So because I did that, I was like, if he's uncomfortable and now doesn't want to use the armrest, or if he's uncomfortable because I wanted my space that I paid for, it's okay. That's his business. He's not here to make on the airplane to make friends. It's fine. So I just, chose to release that. And I also chose not to blame him. He's a giant man and 
he probably wasn't even thinking about it. And he's probably used to the world working for him. And so it wasn't even on his consciousness. It wasn't, he wasn't being malicious. It's just what he was used to. And I was letting him know that's not going to happen this time. Okay. So the end of the story is that when I went to get off the plane, I, I, I got out, you know, when they got up to our aisle to get out, I got, I stood back cause I knew I had to backtrack and go get my bag and I let him out and he just like looked down and went ahead. So then I hopped back into our aisle and I waited for some people to go by and go by and go by until there was a time where I could kind of walk a few seats back and grab my bag from the overhead. So I was waiting and, and, and finally this woman looked at me, it's a really sweet woman. And she looked at me and she went over to my overstuffed, ridiculous bag. And she's like, probably she was tiny. She was so tiny and cute. She was probably five foot three. And she goes, she, and she points to it and she says like, is this yours? And I was like, yeah, I was like, no, 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 it's too heavy. It's too heavy. She goes and attempts to like take it out herself. So I go, I rush over there and she got, she's got one end of my overstuffed bag and I've got the other one and we take it down together. And I said, thank you so much. That was so sweet of you. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, well, you were sitting with my husband. <laughs> and I was like, well, you, well, I wish you would have told me I would have been happy to switch places with you so you could have sat with him. And she was like, no, 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 that's okay. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So what I want to tell you guys is that <laughs> behind every jerky guy, there's probably a really kind, nice, helpful woman who's having to put up with his crap. And she was like, no, 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 that's okay. She probably welcomed the five-hour break. I could just tell his energy was felt negative and toxic, but, um, but that's the truth of the matter is how many of us are living with that guy. And if it's you who's living with that guy, I wonder how he would be treating her and how he would be showing up differently in the world. If she knew these, I mean, she's was certainly adorable and sweet and kind and I, and lovely. And I wonder if he would be showing up in the world that way if she knew how to assert herself in this way. Maybe she does, and I'm assuming she doesn't. My hunch is that she probably doesn't. So when we choose to show up in this way, even if you've been in a marriage for 20 years uh, and your guy is acting like a caveman and entitled and you know invading your space all the time and not even thinking about it, maybe it's just because he, nobody's ever brought his attention there and no one's ever known how to properly assert themselves and to teach him these things. And the truth is, is that if we want to teach our kids these things, if we want our daughters to grow up knowing how to assert themselves and knowing how to protect themselves and knowing how to not give off any kind of victim energy. And if we want our boys to grow up, being feminist and treating women as equals and, and, and to stop this male entitlement generational pattern that keeps, you know, going down generation to generation, we have to learn how to master our mind and show up in this way. And, in, and the best place on earth to practice is really within your home with your own children, really. 
So that's what I've got. I also wanted to share a resource with you. There's a TED Talk called Why I'm Done Trying to Be Man Enough and with a guy named Justin uh, Baldoni. I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's really good. So if you haven't watched that, I encourage you to watch it. Watch it with your spouse. Watch it with your teenage children. And um, I really think it's got a great message. And pack leadership all the way. Pack leadership. We have to show up as pack leaders if we want to be the parents we want to be. Okay, that's what I've got for you guys this week. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, podcast listeners. If you happen to have a strong-willed kid who is kind of pushing every one of your buttons lately, I have a resource for you. I made you guys a free guide where you're going to get some tools and tips and strategies to quickly get on the road to creating a happier household. I know you're pulling your hair out. I wanted to make you something so you could start getting some quick wins and building some momentum. So if you want to grab your copy, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide and I hope you enjoy it.